Last week, we uh, talked about one of the short sayings of Jesus, the saying, follow me. And um, that was a, a powerful statement that Jesus made, very impactful for our lives. But uh, there were longer statements in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, this collection of the teachings of Jesus, many of his teachings, um, so powerful. We're pulling uh, one of those today from that, that passage, and it will be Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And so I invite you to join me there, just remembering that when God spoke to Moses, he said, I'm raising up a prophet like you, and you need to listen to him. And so we're looking at these words, realizing that God is saying, listen to him. This is my son. Okay, let's read together. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Go back to verse 25, if you would. When Jesus began this section, he began it with the word, therefore. When you see a word like therefore, it tells you that what is to follow has been based on something that was said previously. And I'd like you to see what Jesus said previously, because this will help us in interpreting what we're reading right now. Let's go back to uh, verse 19, and we'll begin reading there. So Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, let's stop with just those three verses for a minute. And uh, Jesus is saying... um, we need, to set, uh, we need to store our treasure in the right place. If your treasure is earthly and you're storing it here on earth, there's so much that can go wrong with it. 
in, in the case of his culture. Um, they didn't have stocks and bonds and all the, the electronic treasure that we have today. But they had um, grain, which could be eaten by vermin. They had valuable cloth that could be stored but could be eaten by a moth. And they had precious metals or gems that could be stolen by a thief. So anything of value back then was very subject to the temporal, um, uh, to being stolen, to being, to being destroyed by a pest. And uh, he's saying your solid place for a treasure is heaven. And also where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And, and the, as believers, as followers of Jesus, our hearts need to be in heaven with God and with the things of God. Okay, let's read the next part. He's saying, the eye of the lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Let's stop there for just a minute. So in this statement, um, Jesus is saying, your, your eyes are bad. Your eyes are bad. You're looking at this worldly wealth and thinking it's the greatest and it's not the greatest. You need to look at heavenly wealth. That's the greatest. And uh, so he's saying, beware of your eyes. You're not, you're not seeing well. Let's go on. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And that's, that's true. Uh, when you think of a master, and in the sense of even a slave serving a master, you can't say yes to this master and be completely obedient and have somebody else shouting in your ear over here. It, it doesn't work that way. And he's saying, you can only serve one master and you cannot serve both God and money. And so um, Jesus laid out some, some principles then that he's basing uh, what he's about to say. What do we, what did the people of Jesus' day worry about? Um, people of his day worried about um, necessities. They worried about food and clothes and uh, shelter. And um, that was because not many people had the luxury to worry about much else. The, the common person of that day uh, worked during the day so that they could eat that night. There would not have been a lot of reserve. And so um, their worry was very much in the vein of what Jesus was talking about. The common man would have related totally to what Jesus said. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or about what you're going to wear. And uh, his reasoning is interesting in verse 25. Um, he's saying, he has this little phrase, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? I was pondering that this week and 
thinking, uh, what does that really mean? I think what it says is, don't worry about a missed meal. You still have a body. Um, You still have life. And um, if your clothes aren't quite up to snuff, don't don't worry about that. You still have a a, a body. And so um, it's looking at the bigger picture. I just... uh, had a situation today where I thought maybe I was going to have to miss lunch. And um, so I was, you know, that's not a big deal. But um, I was thinking of this, this statement. Hey, what's, what's the most important thing? You've got life, Dick. So you miss lunch. You've got life. And Jesus is saying, think about the bigger picture. Um, what, what do we worry about today? We worry about um, probably not the basics that they worried about. We worry about future things like um, how much money do I have stashed away? Do I have enough stashed away that I can do this and this and this? Can I build this and can I buy this? Can we go here? Can we go there? And so our, our life is much more complex. We're worried about Things that um, are not really life and death necessities, but are more pleasures and more um, wants than needs. We also worry about um, people. We worry about our children and our grandchildren. Um, When our kids are growing up, we encourage our, our kids to get good grades in school. And we encourage our athletes to Work hard because you need to get a a scholarship to college. And, you know, it's all about that. And so uh, we're, we're, you know, getting them involved in everything. And life is tense because they've got to get a scholarship uh, to college. And then if they happen to get a scholarship to college, boy, it's, you know, put the pedal to the metal because maybe, maybe you could play professional sports or Maybe you can get a, a job with this company. And so, you know, we're worried about all these things. We worry about our church. We worry about our nation. We worry about our health, don't we? We wonder if we're going to um, be able to enjoy retirement once we get there. Will we be healthy enough? Um, will I ever get dementia? Um, we worry about those things. Do I have enough um, in my long-term care policy to, to cover me if I, if I need to go into a facility. And so there's, there's worry, there's worry, there's worry. For those of us that worry, Jesus would say two things. First of all, of all, he would say, your eyes are bad. Going back to that passage in 19 through 24, he'd say, your eyes are bad. Why is that? Because you're looking at things rather than God. You're looking at things that could go wrong, things that may not last, rather than God who can take care of everything. And uh, so that would be one thing he would say. And then the second thing he would say is, we have little faith. We have little faith. Let's find the passage that, where Jesus says that. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, 
you of little faith. So he's saying to people who worry, you're people of little faith. And um, people who had little faith, I'm just thinking about some people in, in scripture who had little faith. Think about when uh, Jesus went to his own hometown. If you have your Bible, you could turn to March, Mark 6, verses 1 through 6. We won't have it on the screen t- today, but um, I just want to remind you of the story. Jesus went to his own hometown, and he taught in the synagogue. And people looked at him and said, where's this guy getting all this? Isn't he Joseph's son? And, um, you know, where did, he, where did he get this knowledge? And so they were doubting him because they knew him. They, they knew how he grew up. And um, Jesus, uh, in fact, the writer of the gospel of Mark says um, at the end of that time that Jesus could do uh, not many mighty works there because um, except lay his hand on a few people and heal them. Verse 6, because of their lack of faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith. And so people with little faith miss out on the miracles of God. They miss out on the things that God would normally do because they have little faith. Another uh, story I want you to remember is when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and the storm came up and they were terrified they were afraid that they were going to drown and lose their lives and uh, they came rushing to Jesus he's asleep in the boat can't imagine being asleep in a storm that's strong enough to sink a boat but he was and they wake him and said Jesus don't you care that we perish and uh, Jesus spoke to the storm and uh, he calmed the storm and then he said to them Why were you afraid? Uh, Oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. He said that to his disciples. And so um, um, they missed missed out on the peace of God during that time. And, you know, it's it's pretty hard to point a finger at them. I'd I'd be right there with them, I'm sure, if if I were in that storm. But God is teaching us to learn to trust in him to have good eyes, to see the power of God rather than our negative circumstances. One other example of people who had little faith. Again, it was the disciples. They had been brought, um, a father had brought his son who was demon-possessed, and the boy was was, um, horribly tortured by these demons. And... um, they tried to pray for him and, and cast out the demons they were not able to. And uh, Jesus came and he was able to cast out the demons. And after the encounter was over, they were alone with Jesus and they said, why couldn't we cast out the demons? And Jesus said, because of your little faith. And uh, so they were unable to do some of the things that God wanted to do through them because they didn't trust in God. They didn't have faith in him. When Jesus made the command, 
in verse 25, and if we could go back there, and he said, don't worry about your life. I'd like us to look at that verse for just a minute. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Jesus is saying that, um, think about the big picture. And this is, this is good for all of us. Think about the fact that um, you, may, you may not have enough food, but you have life. And you may not have sufficient clothes, but you have a body. And uh, he just drives that home, and I think that's so good to remember, is that life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Then he, he refers to another reason why we should uh, not be afraid when we're in circumstances and not worry. He uses the example of the birds. And he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I don't know specifically what kind of birds he was speaking about. I assume they, it was probably a very common bird that um, people would not have valued at all. And he says, look, God takes care of them. Won't he take care of you? And that's a good question for us. In in the things that we worry about, um, some of us worry about things. Some of us worry about um, how well we're doing in the Christian life. We've um, become um, worried about if we're measuring up to God, are we all that God wants us to be? And we, we work at it so hard and we, we worry. And uh, God is saying, not only to people who worry about things, but to people who worry about their performance. Um, your heavenly father is taking care of you. He's gonna help you. You're more valuable than these birds. He gives another reason in um, verse 27. He's saying, look, he says, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And uh, that's a good question. How can you even, uh, how can you add an hour to your life by worrying? You can't. It, It just doesn't make sense in in a heavenly sense, to worry. Then he um, uses a a beautiful example, and I'd like for us to go to verse 28. Jesus says, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. Let's talk about the flowers of the field for just a minute. The flowers of the field uh, probably were a beautiful flower that was like a one-day flower, grew up um, in a single day and then withered as the heat of the day came on and they were done in a day. 
but yet they were very beautiful. I can think of some flowers that uh, we used to observe once a year uh, in, a, in uh, Montana where we used to live, and it was, the flower was a glacier lily. And they, the glacier lily came right after the snow left, and it stayed for just a short time. But while it was there, it was absolutely stunning and beautiful. I have many pictures of glacier lilies, of single flowers up close, and uh, just the, the uh, artistry of that flower, how it was created, is gorgeous and beautiful. And yet, it's only in existence for a very short time. Um, and these flowers that Jesus was talking about, probably even less, and he's saying they're so gorgeous, they're so, so beautiful, and yet they're gone so quickly. And um, let's look at verse 29. I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these, and I can relate to that. I've seen flowers like that, wildflowers that are absolutely beautiful beyond words and beyond description, and yet they're only there for a short time. Verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And so um, God is saying, don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for all of your material needs. I'm going to provide for um, your security. I've got your health covered. I'm taking care of the nation. I'm taking care of the church. I'm taking care of your children and grandchildren. And um, I'm taking care of your Christian life. Anything that you do in your Christian life is something that I will inspire by my Holy Spirit. I will give you the strength to do. I will give you the help that you need to live for me. And so... um, Jesus uh, greatly encourages us through this passage, and I'd love to uh, just finish it up right now, if we could, and let's, let's read 31 through 34. So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's a good way to to, uh, approach life, and that is to put God first and trust him to take care of your needs. It's like you're saying to God, I'm not going to worry about myself. I'm going to worry about your will and your kingdom. And... um, I'll trust you to take care of me. What a neat thing. And uh, then he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to remind us of, of a couple of passages that the Apostle Paul has given us. And the first of those is Philippians 4.19 where Paul says, and my God will meet all your needs 
according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Beautiful passage. And then another one in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The message today is do not worry. Those are not my words, they're the words of Jesus. He said them three times in this passage, do not worry. And the reason is that he is taking care of you. He will take care of all of your needs and uh, you can trust him. Put him first and he will take care of every one of your needs. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had to reflect on your provision for us. You are so good, and we are trusting in you for our needs. Help us to trust you more. We can worry about so much. For some of us, it's become a way of life, and I just pray that you would deliver us from worry. And may we instead have trust in our hearts, that we would trust in God. May that be our way of life. May that be what we're known for, is our trust in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a good day.